Welcome to the School for Healthcare Entrepreneurs, the only podcast that provides actionable insights into the healthcare industry. Brought to you by Emitter, the leading communication platform for your healthcare business. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of the School for Healthcare Entrepreneurs. I'm back with a new guest, and this time it's a leader from a very well-known dental marketing organization. I have with me Angela Burns, who's the Director of Client Services at Roadside Dental Marketing. Angela is someone who loves to share her marketing knowledge, tools, and expertise to help dentists grow their practices, and has devoted well over 23 years in the dental industry. Today, she's going to spill the beans on what it takes to grow your practice through marketing. Thanks a lot, Angela, for being part of the podcast. Absolutely. Thank you for inviting us. Great. The pleasure is all mine. And uh, uh, when I spoke to Whitney for the first time and she mentioned to me your journey and, and the kind of work that you've done in the industry, I was super excited. And, and I'm sure that, that our audience is going to learn so much from you. So I'm super excited cool. about this one. Awesome. I'm glad to be here to help. Great. So before we jump into the specifics and really learn about objective things and, and your examples of, of uh, how you know, practices can grow, um, it would be great if you could tell us a little bit about uh, roadside dental marketing and, and your current role. Absolutely. So um, I'll start with um, roadside dental marketing. So we have been in the dental exclusive industry, helping websites and marketing for dental practices for about 20 years now. Um, we started before, as we say, before Google was even a verb, it wasn't a thing. Right. When the internet was in an infancy, we were starting to make dental websites. Um, I joined them about eight years ago, but prior to that, my journey in the dental world started when I was quite young. I don't want to have anyone do the math here, but I was in the dental practices for over 20 years, 23 actually, um, kind of doing all of the roles, you know, starting out in an entry level role moving up to learning dental assisting, um, going through schooling for that. And then as the years progressed, going into office management, managing multi-doctor practices, very high production practices, and then going into consulting. And that journey kind of led me to roadside dental marketing because that's where my true passion was. I really loved the consulting side, helping offices grow the marketing side. It's where my energy came from. And I just love that part of the dental world. So here I am helping practices through the marketing end of it. Wow. Well, that's great. And, and, and I like how you described that, you know, even before Google was a verb, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> marketing was doing this. Uh, I think, I think that that speaks a lot about roadside dental marketing, right? That practices that work with you, I think have an unfair advantage because it seems like roadside dental marketing is able to pick up patterns and identify trends much earlier, much before they actually become a trend. So that's, I think that's a great advantage that practices you work with must have. Yes, that's what we hope for. Great, great. And uh, of course, we'll, we'll, talk about, we'll talk more about that in detail and, and learn more, more about the exciting things. But I'm, I'm curious to learn, you've, you've spent 23 years in the industry. Um, mm -hmm. How did this journey start 23 years back? You know, I, I always was interested in helping people and I liked the healthcare industry. Um, I was, found a schooling for dental assisting that really interested me. And this is, we're going back a few years. So I was a, a youngin 
um, when I first started in the, the dental assisting school and starting practices. And I just found that working with patients, helping people, um, helping see the, the life-changing effects of repairing their smiles could do for someone's self-esteem. I just loved that part. And I loved being around and working with people. So I found that the healthcare industry um, was really appealing to me. And I didn't want to be a nurse because needles were not my thing. So I decided dental was the route I would take. And I'm really glad I did. I've always really been fond of patients and healthcare and the whole industry. Got it. That's exciting. And, and I'm assuming that that's the reason that's kept it going for 23 years, whether it's being in <laughs> practice or, you know, helping as a, as a marketing organization. I think that's what's kept you going for 23 years. Absolutely. And, you know, the, when I was in the actual practices, the part that I liked the most was watching the office hit new goals, um, achieve their revenue goals, and really refine the the way the practice worked to feel really successful. That's what made me really happy. And so marketing just became a natural transition of that. So that's why I really enjoyed going to the dental marketing side of the industry. Right. So if I'm understanding this uh, clearly, uh, although you were in the healthcare practice, um, I'm, and, and I would love to understand if 23 years back, was there a dedicated organization that was helping them in marketing? Uh, today we see, you know, maybe the office manager holds the responsibility of the marketing, or maybe, you know, they do have dedicated marketing resources in the office. Maybe not a lot of dental practices, but that's becoming more and more like a trend. People are realizing mm-hmm. the value of spending on marketing. But what, what, is, what was it like 23 years back, especially given the fact that, you know, you found yourself more interested in hitting goals, looking at the growth was this something as, you know, was the realization there 23 years back as well for dental practices that marketing is super important? You know, it was very different. Um, back when I started in the industry, it was still, you know, you could get by without websites, you could get by without marketing. Um, the yellow pages was still the, right. the way of marketing or, you know, mailers, things like that. Um, and word of mouth referrals, which obviously word of mouth is still an important way to acquire patients. But online wasn't a thing. So dentists, um, back when I started, the websites, dentists didn't have websites and they thought as long as they had a great um, white pages ad or yellow pages ad, they were going to see all the patients they needed from that point on and would never change. So being able to grow with the trends has been really fun and helping offices change and keep up with the times as the world changes and as internet and marketing changes has been a really fun venture to be part of. Got it. it. That's exciting. And and of course, things have changed a lot. Uh, Just a follow-up question on that. uh, I understand 23 years back, maybe this behavior didn't exist of, um, you know, having an online presence. Maybe it wasn't that important. The trend changed over years. Uh, Now that this has become uh, a must have and not a good to have, um, Mm-hmm. On the dentist side, do you still think that uh, a lot of dentists or maybe a large majority of the dentists have taken to it and understood the value of it? Or do you think that there is still a long way to go? Because sometimes we do see dentists just have a very simple website. Right? They, may, they may not have a very yeah. sophisticated website that, can, that has a lot of automation, that can do a lot of things. What, what are your thoughts on that? You know, I think that um, even 10 years ago, it's possible that they didn't see the need for a website, but that has really changed. Um, now everyone recognizes they at least need a website and 
more and more realize that everyone is going to check you out online. Even if you have a great word of mouth referral, nine out of 10 times your potential new patient is going to look at your online presence. They're going to look for a website. They're going to look for, for reviews. So it is really instrumental these days to have a good online presence. And I think doctors are understanding that though reluctantly at first, I think that they're right. really understanding that it's, and it's, it's essential now. It's just not negotiable because that is how patients find new providers. They're going to check you out online first. Absolutely. Absolutely. So in some sense, if, if, if we are understanding this better and maybe uh, the dental practices that listen to the podcast, they, uh, the practices need to understand that maybe every patient's not going to go online and book, but most likely every patient is going to go online and look up your website. And it plays as a very important brand, uh, I would say, asset that they look at right. to understand is this the right practice to go to or not. Absolutely. They're going to, I mean, even with a strong personal recommendation, almost everyone is going to look you up online first. That's just the way people shop these days. They want that trust building and they're going to look you online. So you're right. They may not necessarily book through your website. You may still get the personal phone call of the office, but you can be rest assured that they have, they've checked you out. They've looked you out online before they decided to choose you. Absolutely. Completely agree with you. And I think just like any other industry in the web world, we, we talk about branding, we talk about multi-channel attribution. That's becoming more and more evident in healthcare and website plays a big role in that. Great. Um, yeah. To talk a little bit about roadside, um, we understand you offer, uh, you know, you offer website and, and marketing, uh, but why do you think dental practices need to partner with roadside dental uh, for this? Is, does it need to be an ongoing relationship? Do you think it's a one-time relationship that's enough? What are your thoughts on that? Just so our dentists, you know, our audience, when they're thinking about partnering with someone like a roadside, they know exactly what to expect. You know, I think an important thing is that um, marketing is not a set it and forget it. It's not a um, something they can just do once. So it is important to have a partner that they trust and that they can work with well. Um, you know, our agency comes from the dental niche, so we really know it. But regardless of who they choose to work with, the importance is having someone that they can have that relationship with, they can build trust with, that they can work with and make their life easier. You know, our team comes from dental. We've, myself included, been in the trenches. So we know what it's like to manage a practice and market it. And so our whole goal is to make it simple and painless. And we try to be as transparent and straightforward we're not going to sell people on something that isn't going to give them the return on investment or that isn't the right fit for them. We're going to really listen to them, find out what their goals are and modify our offerings to what they need. Not everyone needs the same thing. It's not a one size fits all. So we really take the time to hear what a practice needs and then go from there. Got it. Got it. And, and I think those are some great points. Um, like you said, you know, marketing is not a one-time activity. And at the same time, um, I think, even if two people offer the same service, the same product, it really also boils down to the relationship that you have with them because in the end of the day, they're, they're going to behave like an extended team. You've got to work with right. them and you've got to feel comfortable with them. That's so important is to make sure that you have that trust and confidence with your partner and that um, it's, not, you know, it's not a big box company that says one size fits all because Absolutely. not 
not every practice is the same, not two offices are the same. So it's important to be able to alter what the need based on the needs of the practice. And so just saying, oh, everyone needs this. Well, that's just not the case. And do they need it for the same period of time? Well, no, as the practice ebbs and flows and grows just, you know, over time, then your the things you need from a marketing perspective will change too. Sometimes they get greater, sometimes they get less. And that's mm-hmm. important to work with a company that listens to you and adjusts the offerings based on your needs. Absolutely. And, and I think that's a very important point that I don't hear a lot of people highlight, but but I'm glad you brought this up, right? That we, we'd, we'd hear agencies talk about, partners talk about the fact that, you know, we can offer you this, we can help you grow from, you know, point A to point B. But I think the point that you highlighted is very, very important because before all of these results, uh, you need to have a relationship and a working relationship. So I think that's that's a very important point that you highlight. Great. Um, so jumping into some specifics, uh, Angela, and, and you know, this, this is one question that a lot of people have asked us from our audience, from our own custom portfolio. Um, you know, there are probably a couple of thousand partners that you can partner with uh, yeah. offering SEO. Um, but a lot of times it may work, it may not work. Uh, but how can dental practices and dentists themselves identify the right partner. We spoke about building relationships, uh, now talking a little bit about the skill set and the technical capability. SEO plays a big role, right? I think we spoke about the transition from yellow pages to websites, not Mm -hmm. traffic onto your website. SEO is important. Reputation management is important. Um, What what are the kind of things that they should be aware of when, when they're identifying a partner? What kind of questions they must ask and what should what kind of results should they be okay with when identifying their partner who can do SEO for them? Right. That's a very good question because trying to find the right agency to work with can be overwhelming. There is so many options out there and you know everyone wants to um, get your business. So sometimes people are bombarded with advertisers. Right. So I think there's a few main identifiers identifiers that people should look at to really find the right fit for them. And for one thing, they want to work with an agency that specializes in their niche, that really understands their background so they can understand their practice and their target audience better. Um, There's lots of, I'll just call them marketing companies or SEO companies that will handle any type of company that wants to write them a check. And that doesn't mean they understand the healthcare industry. So it's important to make sure that you have someone who's specializing in your, your niche. And then also choose an agency that can do it all in-house that can do everything from your on-page optimization, your technical work, your social media design ads, someone, your return on investment is going to be much higher if you're not working with five different companies to accomplish five different goals. Someone who has your overall picture in mind and can help you do maybe not everything, but most of your marketing needs all under one roof is going to help you have a higher return on investment. Absolutely. And then I think another thing would be working with an agency that best way to describe it is, is really feels your vibe, really gets you, that you guys are on the same page. Um, if you're going to be working together for a long period of time, you want to make sure they understand how you want to be represented, what your goals of the practice are, and how you're going to be different from all the other dental practices and helps you um, really 
demonstrate that online and bring in the right audience to your practice. Make sure you're bringing in the right types of patients. And that's really important. And often, again, if you get into too generic of an agency that doesn't specialize in your industry, doesn't really know you, you're just a number. And so they can't really customize your marketing around your practice and you're not going to have the same results. Right, right, absolutely. And, and I think these are some great points because, and, and hopefully the audience that is going to listen to this can use this as some ways of, uh, you know, sort of filtering out partners they want to work with and partners who they may not want to work with based on the points that you just highlighted. Um, you know, continuing on the SEO bit itself, uh, SEO plays one part of, you know, the overall marketing game. Um, a lot of times we speak to dental practices and their teams struggle to find that one channel for growth. Uh, mm -hmm. I think reputation management has become a must-have. Uh, everybody knows mm -hmm. the importance of reviews on Google, uh, on, on different other channels. Uh, but, you know, for them to identify that one channel that can consistently keep, keep bringing them new patients, I think most dental practices struggle with that. And, and I think which is why they do need partners like Roadside Dental Marketing. Uh, if in 2021 dentists had to just work on one channel, what would you suggest that it should be? What kind of marketing help you know they can expect from a partner like Roadside Dental? Do you think it it varies by the type of dentist that for one dentist maybe reputation management works well, for another ads, or do you think there's that one channel that could potentially work for everybody? You know there is no silver bullet that's going to cure everything. Unfortunately, it does vary from practice to practice. But I think that the things that are going to be um, a common denominator between all practices is having an online presence that represents you well, that kind of speaks your message. But then a few things that kind of everyone should have would be a way for patients to review you, to have feedback about how your practice is doing and get those good vibes out there. And then instant communication, making it easier on them. You know, yeah. consumers want um, want simplicity. They want to be able to reach you quickly. We're all about short tension spans and, you know, getting our answers immediately. So making sure that you have that available to your audience, that they can text you or they can um, ask you a question or a chat box or a book online or whatever it is to make that kind of instant gratification available for them so that you can answer the questions they have or book the appointment with them. That and reviews, I would say, are the two things that are really important for practices to really make sure they have in place coming in the end of this year and then going forward because those things aren't going to go away. People just want more convenience. Absolutely. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. And I think uh, given the world that we live in where people look for instant gratification, if, if they're reaching out to a practice, filling a form online, trying to call them, if, if there is uh, you know, no response immediately, people, people don't have the patience to wait right now. They might just go and find someone else. And, and I think that's, right. that's more and more important today. Yep. Great. Uh, I did have two follow-up questions because you bring up two very important aspects here. One is reviews and one is texting. The two big things in the industry today. Everybody's mm -hmm. talking about texting, why texting is taken. And I think maybe the third one, thanks to COVID, is teledentistry. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, from a reviews perspective, uh, you know, we know that there are multiple platforms uh, that can help you automatically generate reviews. Uh, mm -hmm. But 
just trying to understand from your perspective and your experience, uh, is it okay to just focus on automated review generation or just you know manual personalized review requests or uh, a mix of both a hybrid approaches? What you've seen work really well. Oh, the reviews. Yes, it's nice to have reviews on multiple platforms. Mm-hmm. Um, the, how you get the review, the easier you can make it on the patient, the more successful it's going to be. So if you can um, have something that sends them a text message or has a quick link for them to send to post your review after their appointment, that gets the most compliance. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to where you want the reviews, really, we're going to have to go back to the reality of Google rules the world. <laughs> Google reviews have more power than any other type of reviews. So is it important to have reviews on you know, Facebook, on health grades, on those other websites? Yeah, those are nice platforms to have additional reviews on. But really, your goal is to have Google reviews because that is going to get you the highest visibility and the most return on your investment. So whatever platform you're using to acquire the reviews, your goal is that that end review ends up on Google primarily, that you have you know, 70% on Google versus the other platforms. So if you're using a review automation that sends it to its own microsite and that they're not filtering to Google, you're not getting the same benefit to your practice long-term. So really remember, Google reviews are what you are really striving for. Got it, got it. Absolutely. And, 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 and you suggest that the, it should have text messaging more than any other channel given the world we are in. It makes it so much easier for the patient and you're going to get quadruple the amount of reviews as if you're doing anything that makes them take extra steps. So there's lots of different platforms out there that send out automatic reminders after your appointment for text messaging reviews. Um, Some are better than others, but the ones that can get the review on Google is really worth your investment. Got it. And and you said some are better than than others. Um, Although I understand roadside dental marketing helps with reviews, reputation management. Uh, For practices, you know, uh, that, that want to identify which platform to use or how to go about it. Just the way you shared some really important points uh, in line with SEO. Uh, could you share some points about what they should really look at while, you know, sort of identifying their reputation management partner or review generation platform? Yeah, I would. Um, I usually re- recommend that the practices ask for demos from some of the top contenders. Right. Um, watch how their platform works and ask how they're able to acquire Google reviews and kind of what their platform does to do that and how easy it is for the patient. So, you know, there's always the cost factor the practices are looking at, but look at the usability feature. Look at, um, you know, do two or three demos with your top contenders and let them, as it is, almost compete with one another. See which ones have the platform that you as the patient would use. And that's the one you should choose. You want to make it so easy on them and... Let them, you know, let them show you the features because there is a lot of different review platforms out there, but let them show you the features and then think about you as the patient. What's in it for me? What would make it easier for me? And is it going to end up on Google? Those are the things you should really consider. And some of the review platforms have additional features that are mixed in. They may have um, a feature to pay the bill easily. Uh, They may have a communication two-way texting. So a lot of them have additional things that you're considering when you're considering companies. But really, when it comes to the reviews, just do demos. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. No, that, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. And, and if we're hearing this right, 
in the end of the day, your goal is really to get new patients. Um, so focus on getting Google reviews. Everything else is a good to have, but a must have is how quickly and how easily can you get Google reviews? Absolutely. Yep. Got it. Got it. Great. Uh, you know, I've, I've learned so much from you, Angela, uh, just so much from, uh, I, I think if, if I'm a dental practice, I've, I've got all my answers in place, what I need to do for growth and marketing. Uh, I, I can be so much more focused and just pick a partner like Roadside Dental and just focus on taking care of my, uh, you know, patients. I think I've learned so much from you and, and, and I'm sure that uh, the audience is also going to learn a lot from hearing this podcast. Um, in case someone wants to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do so? So you can go to our website, um, roadsidedentalmarketing.com. And there's um, lots of opportunities to, my phone number's on there. They can call me directly. They can email me. Um, we do have a complimentary website analysis. If you're just wondering, is your marketing working for you? There's no obligation. We will take a look at your existing website and your marketing and just give you give you some feedback on things that you can improve. So um, we do have that service available. If you're just curious, am I up to par? Am I doing what I need to do? Um, right. Send out a request on our website and we're happy to help. Got it. Great. Thanks a lot again, Angela, for being part of the show and the podcast and for sharing all these, uh, you know, really important points. Any final thoughts for the audience before we close the session for today? No, I just really want to um, you know, encourage everyone to look at your own online message through kind of a bird's eye view. Look at it as a patient would see you. You know, is it representing you well? Does it have the right messaging? Would you choose your practice if you stumbled on it online or if you found it because of word of mouth referral? Would you choose you? And if the question is, eh, it's pretty generic, well, right. then there's some things you might want to do to spice it up. So really, that's my best advice to everyone is pretend you're the audience, you're the target market, and see if you choose your own practice. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's very important, thinking from a customer's point of view. And that's, that's an interesting point that you leave us with. Uh, thanks a lot again, Angela, for being part of the show. I really enjoyed my conversation with you. Absolutely. I appreciate you inviting us. Thanks for listening to another episode of Amitta's podcast. Want to learn how you can reduce your new patient missed calls and grow your practice by 40% today? Take a look at emitrr.com. 